Good morning, everyone. What a blessing it was to the, the, the church choir, the singing, because it was like the precursor to what I was teaching about today. So I thought it was like such a, a blessing. Um, so God bless you in the wonderful name of our living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But before we start today, I would like to pray as well. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the year that is in front of us and that we put you first, God, as we walk daily. We ask you to help us enlighten our hearts and our minds as we go through your word today. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. What an amazing opportunity Pastor Nate has given me these last month and a half or so to be able to come up here and share with you um, God's word. I really believe in my heart that I want to share God's love with people. And a lot of times um, I might see somebody at a Starbucks that is talking to their boss and they're talking about a cancer diagnosis that they've had. And, like, I never went to that Starbucks before. And the next thing you know, like, I'm talking to this lady about God's love in front of her boss in a Starbucks. And I'm just trying to, like, th like God gives you opportunities. And I think this is such a, a wonderful opportunity. So Happy New Year. Um, how many of us had the opportunity to stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve and watch the ball drop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, actually, we actually stayed up um, during that time, and we're kind of staying up, and we're watching the ball drop, and we're celebrating New Year's Eve. Um, how many of us were uh, trying to have a New Year's resolution or a New Year's goal for this year? Do we have one of those New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals? Um, this is a funny slide because this is like New Year's resolution. January 1st, we're going to be doing some push-ups. January 2nd, we might be doing some planks. January 3rd and January 4th, I am ready to take a nap. It is like, you know, it's, it's so funny to think this way, right? So one of my New Year's goals, actually, I, I, should, I should let you guys know. Um, it, it, it's kind of like there's a study that shows that Americans try to lose the same 15 pounds over and over again over 27 times in their adult life. I mean, think about it, right? So um, my family just went on vacation, and during the two weeks holiday from like Christmas until like New Year's, I literally gained 12 pounds. I, I like, so my job, I'm able to walk around and, you know, do things all the, on a regular basis, but 12 pounds is a ridiculously large amount of weight. I, I got on a scale after vacation, and I was like, what? So it, this last week, I did lose six pounds, like getting back to normal. I lost six pounds. Mary hates me for that. She is just like, you lost six pounds in a week. I can't stand that, right? So it, it is just, it's one of those things, right? Um, so I am a living proof that statistically, I am going to lose that 15 pounds again, and then I'm going to gain it all over again. It's just what, it, it's, it's what ends up happening, right? So some of us, um, for New Year's, we'll say things like, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm not going to go on social media as much as I've been. Um, I am going to um, stop doing A, B, or C. But what's funny is there's always a trigger that, like, pulls us back. We get a little bit stressed. We have a little bit something. You know what? It's very, do you know this has actually become part of my person? It is with me all the, is it with you all the time? Do you, ha you have it with you all the time, right? 
So, like, one of my friends just sent me a text just right now, and I, like, I was like, oh, i got to look at that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm teaching God's Word. I don't need to look at this right now. But this literally becomes part of us. And it's, it, it's kind of crazy. So, statistically, it says that 43% of people that set New Year's goals and New Year's resolutions will fail within the third week of January. And that only 9% of people that set these goals will actually finish them throughout the course of the new year. I, I just think it's crazy to think about that because as we move forward, right, we, we want to do these things, but then old habits break through. This is so sad because when I was on vacation, I got a report on my phone. And my, my phone said that the decreased amount of time that I used my phone that week was 43%. We all have this, right? We, we can look at our screen time, what we did. Do you know that 43% of my screen time less was two hours less a day? On average, I spend four and a half hours on my phone a day. Now, because, now I will let you know I listen to audible books when I'm driving to work, and I have a half an hour drive to and from work, so like, I, I count that as like an hour. I answer emails. I do work off my phone. But how pathetic is that, that I actually spent four and a half hours a day on my phone? And then when I was on vacation, I was like, oh, okay, I'm only two hours on my phone. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny to think that. But then we're talking about time here. We're talking about New Year's goals, things we want to do, and then the time that we spend as a person. And I want to spend more time this year locked into God's word and God's love. Now, this is, as Christians, we know this is not true. But I have read this statement, and it kind of cuts me at the core. They say that the definition of hell is this. As Christians, we know this is not true. The last day that you have on earth, you meet the person you became. You, you are the person you became, but you meet the person you could have become. And when I heard that, I was like, whew, the last day of my life, I, could have, I see the person I could have become. You know who I want to become? I want to become a loving father, a supporting husband, a man of God. I want to walk by the Spirit of God, and I want to affect people in such a positive light. And so each day, as we're talking about time, I don't want to, I don't want to say the last day of my life and regret the person who I became to the person who I could have become. I want to become that person today. I want to be that person today. So today, rather than spending time and saying, oh, what's your New Year's goal and what's your New Year's resolution and what do you want to do? Oh, I'm going to do 35 push-ups a day and I'm going to stop smoking and I'm going to do all these things. No. But instead, we're going to create a never again list. A God never again list. Because in our hearts... We want to make sure that we give God our worries, our cares, our love, our hearts. You know, the word doubt and can't creeps in all our minds. I don't know if I could do this, right? Because each and every day, 
things pile up on us, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do these things. I don't know, I can't do that right now. You know, I'm 50 years old, can't run as fast as I used to, can't kick as high as I used to. I wish I could ride my bike faster. I'm too heavy. Doubt and can't happens in all of us, in multiple factors that hold us back, right? Every time we try to attempt something, we think we can't. <sighs> that promotion that's coming up at work and the test that I have to take, that's pretty daunting. I need that new apartment right now, but I'm pretty comfortable where I am right now. I don't know if I'm going to do that. You know, I, I, I'm, I, just, I just can't. And that's from Paul, his final exhortation of thanks and of support in this epistle where we go to Philippians 4.13, and we all know this verse. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. We all know this verse, right? We, as Christians, we all know this verse. So in our first of ten never again lists, never again will I say I can't, for I can do all things through him who gives me strength. This is our mentality for the new year. Because if I can do all things through him who gives me strength, then I'm going to act on it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to love it, and I'm going to make sure that my hope is that I act on this strength. This is not a positive affirmation that we actually have seen someone create a meme for. There are so many memes on social media we look at. We actually share them with our friends. We're like, this is so funny. But this is not funny. This is truth. This is the word of God. The word of God, and, and, and please let me know if you believe this. I believe in my heart that the word of God is the will of God. And what is written in this textbook of life is what God wants for me. He wants it for you. And I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You need a new apartment? I'm going to work hard to do it. You want to quit smoking? God is going to give me the strength to quit smoking. You want to lose that 15 pounds again? God is going to give me the strength to do that. Now you do hear people say things like, well, I'm not smart enough. And I'm not good enough. And we all have emotional damage occasionally. We have things that stop us. Which leads me to, leads me to the Apostle Paul again in Philippians 4, 14 through 19. Yet it was good. Now, now you have to now, now Paul is talking here. Yet it was good for you to share my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel... When I set out to Macedonia, not one church shared with me the matter of giving and receiving except you. They had an open mind. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. They sent him gifts, things that he needed, right? Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. We're going to go on. I've received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from, I have a tough one with that one, the gifts you sent, 
They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Who? And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, how rich is God? God provides the air that we breathe, the tides coming in and out, the sun rising and setting every single day, and we never worry about those things. Because we don't put second thought to that. But when we move forward in our never again list, Philippians 4.19, never again will I profess lack, for my God shall supply all my need according to the riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, God loves you. God wants the best for you. And in the new year of new resolutions and new hopes and new dreams and all these other things, if we put our hope in God, and my God meets all your needs according to the riches in his glory of Christ Jesus, we now have an opportunity to put our thinking on the next level. No longer are we thinking can't and won't and doubt. We are now thinking that if God is for me, then who can be against me? We are now thinking that God is meeting all of my needs. And you know what? The things that are big in our life are little to God. Because little is much when God is in it. And if we give it to God, this is our perspective. <sighs> I recently had the opportunity to go on vacation with my family. We went to the Dominican Republic and we decided that we were going to sign up to go on a charter boat ride. And we were going to go to like these beautiful coral reefs and everything. And then inside the little review, it said, oh, you get to go swim with sharks. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go swim with sharks. And I'm thinking, like, the shark is going to be like this big. And not that it even matters, right? Because shark going to bite you anyway. But they're like, oh, these sharks don't bite you. They're nurse sharks. Oh, nurses help you, right? Nurses going to help you. So I'm like, okay, let's go swim with the sharks. So we're swimming on this coral reef, all those other things, and then they, they, they put the boat here, and there's like a long line, and then it's like a giant aquarium in the ocean. They got nets in the ocean, and they put them around, and they're like, the sharks are right in there. And then my best friend's like, this is something straight out of a Stephen King horror story. Hey, let's let all these tourists come on in and go swim with sharks. Well, oh, where'd all the tourists go? So I was like, oh, man, all right, let's go. So we're swimming with, so we're going to this pen, and all these people, and I'm like, I don't see a shark, I don't see a shark. And the water's like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 feet deep. And then all of a sudden, the shark swam under me. I was like, whoo, whoo, and like the snorkel sucked in the water. I'm like choking. I'm like, because the shark was eight feet long and looked like a dark shadow swimming underneath me. And I was like, oh my God, I was, it, it scared me. And fear took over my heart. And I was like, what am I doing? And then all the other people are over here, right? And they're like, oh, let's go take pictures with um, the stingrays. I don't, I don't take a picture of a stingray. I'm going to try to sell me this picture for $40. I don't want $40 on vacation. Blah. And so the next thing you know, I was like, you know what? The guy, before I go over to there, he's like, hey, you want to touch the shark? I'm like, sure. I'm like, who does this? So this guy swims me over to the corner where the shark is, pulls the shark by its tail, whoo, and I touched the entire shark's body. I was like, oh, oh. 
And it was cool. And I wasn't afraid. But this is it. Fear. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, we're talking about fear. I think it's going to come up here in a second. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And don't we love this verse? We, have all, we all know this verse. As Christians, we all know this verse. But I'll tell you what, fear causes bondage. It makes me not do what I want to do. I am afraid of certain things privately in my life. But when I put in perspective 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So this, in our never again list, never again will I let fear have the final word. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in the new year of hopes and dreams in 2023, our perspective is God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So the next one, um, as we move forward, weakness. Weakness. Like, I'm not talking about physical weakness. I'm talking about weakness when we just don't have the ability to, to just move on. The perseverance. The, the weakness of this, right? So, never again will I confess weakness. We're going to jump into the next one right here. The Lord is the light, is my light and my salvation. For whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? The wicked advance against me to devour me. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break against me, even then will I be confident. We are confident in the Lord. What is David saying about this confident, confidence in this psalm? He is saying that in every situation of his life, that the Lord is the light and his salvation. Who shall he fear when this is his perspective? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. The word, words are not used haphazardly in the Bible. Light, salvation, stronghold. The wicked advance against me to devour me and my enemies, my foes, they will stumble and fall. All those people that say things about you on social media because they don't like your post, does not matter. The people at work that backbite and say evil things about you and negative things about you, it does not matter. Because God will have them stumble and fall. He is confident. David is confident in his relationship with God, and this is our perspective. When we go to number five, the spiritual culture that we have, we see people, the little ones, Sometimes they are um, in Halloween time. They're dressed up like the devil. Oh, he's cute. He looks like the devil. He's cute. We see movies that are about possession, spiritual things, evil things that are there. So 
when we look at 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. When I was younger, and I was taking so many biblical classes, I, uh, when I was 19 years old, um, I wanted to uh, be a, a biblical scholar. I wanted to know a lot about God. I wanted to be, um, I wanted to have a relationship with God at a young age because unfortunately, when I grew up, um, my mom and dad were divorced. I, I had an abusive stepfather. The, um, the reality of it was is that when I was a kid, things weren't good. And so we struggled, right? And so I was then um, almost adopted by a Christian family that I spent a lot of time with. And as you guys know, I'm a Taekwondo teacher. And when I started taking Taekwondo, this guy named Jay Klein, um, he had 37 cancerous tumors throughout his body. And he was doing Taekwondo. And he's going to earn like a yellow belt in Taekwondo. And so the instructor at the time says, oh, come on up and Mr. Klein, tell me, tell, tell all the class what Taekwondo has done for you. And Jay says this in front of everybody. Now, now mind you, I'm 15 years old. Barely afford classes. I'm paying for classes myself by washing dishes um, in a restaurant. The culture was terrible. And all of a sudden, Jay Klein goes like this. Taekwondo has done nothing for me. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the reason why I'm standing here right now today. And 15-year-old Mike Juhas was like, like, who just said that? I need to know this man. And that was the first time that I heard someone say that the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has done everything for me. And at 15 years old, your family doesn't have money. You're raised by a single mom. That was a life-changing moment for me. Because he then taught me that, oh, let's find out about this God. This God wants a relationship with you. And so in this verse, when we talk about spiritual things, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you, now ready? The one who is in you is God and Jesus Christ. We are called Christians. Christians means Christ in you. You are now a new creature in Christ. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is of the world, Satan. It is God and Christ in you. It cannot change. It is part of you. It is part of your breath. God knows you deeper than the breath that you take, and he knows you more than every hair on your head. Some of us have more hair on our heads than others, but God knows all of them. And this is number five. And never again will I declare supremacy over Satan, over my life, or live in peaceful coexistence with him. For greater is he that is in me than he who is of the world. First John. When we go to number six, all of us in this room have had setbacks 
from time to time. It's as if we take one step forward and things are doing good, and then boom, two steps back. And we're like, why does this keep happening? One step forward, two steps back. So you guys know, obviously you know what I do. Um, but before I did what I did, I'm so blessed. Miss Lang's here today. She actually taught me to be a kindergarten teacher. I graduated from the College of St. Rose with my degree in elementary education. And back then, you had to take the New York State Teacher Certification Exam. And we're talking about one step forward, two steps back. So back then, um, Mary and I both graduated from there. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ, triumphantly procession, and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. This is, this is kind of funny because the New York State Teacher's um, Exam back then was $120. And I just explained to you the very humble means that we started from. So I had to take the New York State Teacher Certification Exam. And $120 back then might as well have been a million. So we take the test. And, I, you know, my degree is in elementary education with a concentration in U.S. history. The math classes that I took were actually probability and statistics. And like a very basic math class to teach children with math methods. Three weeks later, after taking the test, I failed the test. And I was like, <laughs> I am a Christian. You know, a J. Klein in the faith and everything that we're, like, I, you know, I'm a little, little bit older now. So, okay, God's going to help us with this. But let me tell you something. When you are working at a golf course and you are whipping greens and you are working at an embroidery shop and you are waiting tables and you're doing all these things to get by day by day and you get punched in the face because you can't afford $120 to take a math test. You're like, God, please. Next test is six weeks later. I just graduated from St. Rose and I want to be a school teacher. But this piece of paper and this test is not allowing me to do this. So now I gotta take the test again, and I have to pay another $120. Take the test again. Now, I didn't have the money to get a tutor or nothing like that. Mary helped me. She helped me take this test, help me take this test. And what happens? I fail it again. I'm like, oh, come on, right? So I don't know, I don't know. And so I'm praying to God, I'm asking God, please help me get through this test. Six weeks come by again. And you know what's painful? Writing a check that you think is going to bounce. You're like, oh. So here goes another $120. And what ends up happening? Oh, I passed the test on the third try. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then what does New York State do? They change the regulations to be a school teacher. And now I no longer can have certification as a New York State school teacher. Now I have preliminary certification. And you know what the worst part about it was? Now I have to have a postmark on this envelope that I'm sending out with this test on it. And the post office is closed that day, the day that the punt needs to be done. And I'm going, why are you fighting me for this? Why is this, so, why is this taking so long? And 24. 22 years later, I can laugh at that now because God had me on a different path. Two steps forward and one steps back. And in number six, never again will I defulge defeat for God always causes me to triumph in, tri in Christ. Second Corinthians 2.14, right? Because God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Our new year perspective is this. 
I want to do this. God, I really want to do this. But if I'm taking two steps back, maybe God is asking me or telling me that it might be something else in mind. But the reality of it is, I always triumph in Christ, right? So, as we move forward to number seven, I wanted to let you guys know, we're, we're, we're going to be um, moving to uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom of God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. God gives us wisdom, right? For us is wisdom in God. Righteousness, holiness, and redemption. I want to take a moment and share with you wisdom is more precious than gold. And if I could pray for one second about this for all of us, I hope you don't mind. Heavenly Father God, love you and we praise you. We ask you, Father God, for the gift of wisdom that you help us make the right decisions in 2023 as we move forward each and every day. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. So there are multiple places in the Bible when we talk about wisdom, right? And so in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. When we hear the word fear in our culture, I was afraid of that shark. But we're not talking about snakes, and we're not talking about the mafia, and we're not talking about the fear of heights. We're talking about the fear of the Lord and fear being respect, the respect of God. The respect of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. As we continue in Proverbs 4, 6, and 7, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch out for you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all, uh, cost all you have, get understanding. Do not forsake wisdom. Years ago, because I, I, I feel I'm pretty good at being a Taekwondo instructor, I decided I was going to open up another Taekwondo school in another place. And Mary says to me, we probably shouldn't do this. It doesn't feel right. Oh, no, it's fine. Gentlemen, you want to know what wisdom is? Listening to your wife is wisdom. So I'm not going to get into details. But like nine months later, we closed that Taekwondo school because my wife was right. <laughs> now, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. She is wisdom. Love her, wisdom, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. So therefore, in our list of things for the Lord, we're going to make sure never again will I confess the lack of wisdom. For Christ Jesus made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So we're constantly moving forward. We're going to switch gears for number eight. 
for our Never Again list. So over the past three years, or two and a half years, right, we've dealt with COVID, we've dealt with flus, and every other health things that may happen. But in our Never Again list, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might not die to sins and live for righteousness. For by his wounds, you have been healed. So um, we all have colds. We all feel sick sometimes. We have problems with us. But by his wounds, by Jesus Christ's stripes, have we been healed. Have you ever put in perspective sometimes that in our never again list, that I'm not feeling good today, I'm not doing this today, right? But we're talking, so we go from wisdom to trying to feel better, and then putting in perspective, through Christ's stripes, we are healed. In the new year, we want to try to make sure that we constantly keep the perspective that in our never again list, I'm not saying you're not going to get sick, I'm not saying those things. What I'm saying is, though, when we keep the perspective that by his wounds, we've been healed. We want to keep the perspective that God loves us. God's going to help us get better. We're going to move forward from there, right? But in addition, in Psalm 103, 1, 5, David is pouring his heart out to God and in God's tender mercies. And so in Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul. You know that song it starts? I'm not a good singer. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Oh, my. You know this song? Please say yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. In the inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Our God loves us. And when David is writing this psalm, he is pouring his heart out to God. And that's what we need to do in the new year. We don't need to spend four hours on our phones. We don't need to find out what's going on in other people's lives and social media. We don't need to worry about those type of things. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. In the inmost being, in our inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Whose benefits? God's benefits. When we have a relationship with God, and we want our heart to know him more, he pours his benefits onto us. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit when things are bad. And crowns you with love and compassion. We have a compassionate God who wants to know us on an intimate basis. Who satisfies the desire, your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. <laughs> Isn't God good? Isn't God personal? 
Doesn't God know what we need before we need it? But we have to cry to him and have that relationship with him. So that way he can do these things for us. The problem is we worry from time to time. We worry about various things in our lives that creep into our head. And sometimes we entertain those thoughts. And when we entertain those thoughts that creep into our head, they become profoundly overwhelming. Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night worried about what the next day was going to be? And you could not sleep. And your thoughts are so unclear in the middle of the night. And you, 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 you almost have to take a step back. The other day, I woke up in the middle of the night and I actually started worrying about some of the team members that, were on, that are on my team that work for me. And then I was like, no, no, stop. This is not like this. It's not like this. It's like 3.40 in the morning. And then next thing you know, my head starts going to other places again. And it is a snowball of a train wreck. And I had to scream out, God, and just wake that up. And I did not entertain those thoughts any longer. Because let me tell you, we all have them. It's all terrible. But never again will I confess worries or frustrations. Because in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Ladies and gentlemen, your heart is pounding. You are worried about all these things. I had at 3, at 320 in the morning, 340 in the morning, I had to scream the word God to get these awful, crazy snowball thoughts out of my head. And you know what? The word of God is like a two-edged sword, right? We know this. But when you have biblical verses that are the foundation of our faith that we can look back on and we can scream in our head, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. My kid loves me. My daughter loves me. My wife loves me. I have a lot of people who care for me. But none of them are as close to me as my relationship with God. Because our God wants that relationship with us. Cast all your anxiety on him because he, God, cares for you. I'm not saying, as we're moving forward here, never again will I confess worries or frustrations, for I am casting all my cares on him for who cares for me. And in Christ, I am carefree. This doesn't mean that we can sit on our couch in the new year and pray to God and say, hey God, I'm going to binge watch all these Netflix series. But in the meantime, can I please have a million dollars? Because that's not what God does. That's not how a relationship works. We have to work and have a relationship with God as we move forward. In Ephesians 4.8, this is why it says, When he has ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. The work is done. Our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. He died for us to have a relationship with him. What an amazing, loving God we have. What an opportunity we have in front of us 
in 2023. Because as we review our never again list, this is what it says. Uh, Never again, we're going to go through all of them. Never again will I say I can't, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never again will I profess lack, for my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Never again will I let fear have the final word, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And never again will I confess weakness, for the Lord is the strength in my life. And those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Never again will I declare supremacy of Satan in my life or or peaceful coexistence with him. For greater is he that is in me than he is of the world. And never again will I divulge defeat, for God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Never again will I confess the lack of wisdom, for Jesus Christ has made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And never again will I vow sickness, for by his stripes I was healed. And never again will I confess worries or frustrations, for I am casting all my cares on him who cares for me. And in Christ I am carefree. And never again will I confess bondage, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is also liberty. In 2023, our perspective is that I have a relationship with God. And never again will I confess or do those things. And what's so nice is that the church has a never again list for us when we leave today. On the front, up there, um, when you leave today, please pick up a copy of these. If you don't mind, I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father God, we love you and we praise you. We believe that your word is your will. We ask you, Father God, when we leave today, to walk out and love you and to act on your word, to know that you are close to us and that you want and desire this relationship with us as we walk with you. We ask you, Father God, to bless our families, our circumstances, and that you give us the wisdom that we need to move forward for 2023. We love you, Father God, and we praise you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.